The trade deadline is Friday at 3 o'clock. We'll break down what we can expect from Lula Morello and the Islanders. Plus, we answer some of your questions in our mailbag and have a further discussion about where Pierre Engvall fits into the Islanders lineup. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sartre tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We have got so much to talk about. The trade deadline rapidly approaching and uh, an exciting time to be a hockey fan and an Islanders fan. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe something you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am also live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for some instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to talk Islanders hockey with fans, game time or anytime. So do reach out on Twitter, uh, reach out on our YouTube page, uh, or DM me, uh, whatever works best, or of course an email. So always great to talk a little Islanders hockey with people. Trade deadline rapidly approaching. And I look at this team, and I think it's pretty clear, as of right now, that Lou Lamorello is going to go all in on trying to make the playoffs this year. That doesn't mean he can't also move some contracts out as part of some of these deals, or that there isn't a player or two that he may be willing to part with at the trade deadline. But I would say this, Semyon Varlamov, it would probably take one heck of an offer to overwhelm Lula Morello and deal Varley at the trade deadline. Zach Parise, also, I would think it would take a very, very big overpayment by somebody. Now, Could Josh Bailey be on the move as part of a deal trying to help the Islanders 
dump some salary and, and free up some cap space to make a different, bigger move, that is indeed a possibility. But, you know, there are still some interesting players out there who I think would be big helps to the Islanders, whether it's a Max Domi from the, the Blackhawks or maybe a James Van Riemsdyk from Philadelphia, although would Philly make an in-division trade with the Islanders? There are still players. And I think the other thing is that uh, a puck-moving defenseman would be uh, something this team could really use. I am still, even though offensively he shows some pretty good uh, signs and makes some pretty good plays, I am not sold on Sebastian Ajo as an everyday third-pair defenseman in the NHL. I think he'd be a great seventh defenseman. I think he's an all-star at the AHL level. But his lack of size and his inconsistency in his own zone do make him a liability. And I think, you know, right now he's being teamed with Noah Dobson, which I think is not an ideal pairing. Both of them are not exactly strong in their own zones. And so, you know, I think you can play one of those two guys, but you can't play both. And picking up a defenseman uh, might be something that would be in the best interests of the New York Islanders at some point between now and Friday at 3 o'clock. So, you know, these are the possible moves to keep an eye on. Uh, a scoring forward would be good, but I think a puck-moving defenseman would be even better for this team because, look, this is a team built around goaltending and defense. And traditionally, yeah, I know Lane Lambert has sort of emphasized, okay, the defenseman can pinch a little bit more, get a little bit more involved in the offense if they don't sacrifice too much defense. But one thing I've seen, uh, especially over the last few weeks, even I'd say since uh, Bo Horvat was added and then Matthew Barzal got injured, I think what we've seen is that the team has played better defensively, more consistently defensively. Are they where they were under Barry Trotz two years ago? No, but certainly the effort has been better, and I think overall the team defense in most games over the last 10 days to two weeks has been better than it was earlier in the season. The consistency has been better, not where we want it yet, but moving in the right direction. But I think that there are too many defensemen right now on this team who struggle to get the puck out of their own zone. We mentioned Dobson. We mentioned uh, certainly Ajo. Mayfield, Scott Mayfield has his moments. Alexander Romanov, sometimes, you know, he'll make a good physical play. Sometimes he'll have trouble coughing up the puck. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a defenseman who puts a lot of points on the board, but I think a defenseman who is consistent, 
who's a good skater and who is consistent at clearing the puck out of the zone would be of a major benefit to this Islanders team and what they're trying to accomplish. I, I think part of the problem, part of the problem that the Islanders are having under Lane Lambert is that you can have this strategy where the defensemen are going to get more involved in the offense and pinch more. All of that is a great idea, but you need to have players whose skill set fits that strategy. And I think the Islanders need to add one more puck-moving defenseman and strengthen the depth at that position to really be playoff-ready. And, you know, look, I know there's a lot of listeners and viewers out there who would prefer to trade away a Zach Parise, trade away, uh, uh, you know, a Scott Mayfield, a Semyon Varlamov, maybe even, you know, a Josh Bailey. And uh, there are even people who have said, hey, let's trade Anders Lee. Let's trade Brock Nelson. And that may be, you know, a, a retool may ideally be what this team needs, but it's not what Lou Lamorello tends to do. And I hope, part of me hopes I'm wrong, but to me, I expect possibly a forward, but more likely a puck-moving defenseman to be added at the trade deadline. And the only way someone is traded away is if either Lou Lamorello is overwhelmed with a deal he can't turn down, or if there is a trade made to free up cap space to make a bigger deal possible. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting ride between now and 3 p.m. Friday, but we'll have it all covered for you here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We have a little bit more talk about Pierre Engvall. We'll answer some of your emails. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to threes drained. And look, you can use your knowledge of the New York Islanders on FanDuel as well. Saturday's game home in the afternoon against the Red Wings. Check out the odds at FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Adam Rothstein Hockey Podcast Newsletter. Hey, Isles fans. Are you looking for the best hockey newsletter on the internet? Well, look no further. The Adam Rothstein Hockey Podcast Newsletter is the best newsletter for any hockey fan. 
whether it's talking about the history of hockey, hockey video games, or how to improve your game, you'll find all that and more in this newsletter. Also, if you like the newsletter, be sure to check out the main podcast on Spotify. Log on to rothsteina.substack.com. That's R-O-T-H-S-T-E-I-N-A.substack.com. Hope to see you there. So let's get to some of your emails here. Uh, first, we have Tom in Westchester. What happened to Ryan Pulak's offense and Noah Dobson's defense? Both are totally gone, especially Pulak. He used to scare go- uh, used to scare goalies and had a great shot, and now he can't even hit the net. Dobson is an adventure every time he has the puck in the D zone. Both players have regressed big time in this regard. And it's so odd. Tom, it's a good question. And to me, a couple of things. Number one, if you look at Pulak, offense, yes, he has a dangerous shot. Not going to debate that. It always has been a very strong and dangerous shot. But he was never, quite honestly... Uh, A big goal scorer. It was a shot that scared goalies, but it wasn't a shot that, you know, made him... I mean, he's never had more than 10 goals in a season. Now, are the goals down? Yes. You look at his full seasons, 10, 9, 10, and then 2, 5, and 3 this year. So the shots, the number of shots are down. He had... Uh, 184, 180, and 163 shots in those three more productive seasons. And then, you know, down to 121, 122, and 88 in the last three seasons. Now, okay, he played less games in some of those seasons as well. But, you know, his shooting percentage is also down. In the three years, he scored 9 or 10 goals, 5.4, 5.0, 6.1. And now it's 3.4, and his shot attempts are down. In his first full season, 2017-2018, he had 358 shots attempted in 68 games. So far this year, in 64 games, 220 shots attempted. So part of it is he's not shooting as often. And that may be a little bit of a surprise when you think about Lane Lambert trying to get the defenseman to pinch a little more and be more involved in the offense. But I think maybe, just maybe, uh, Ryan Pulak's skill set is not as well suited to that offense as it was to the Barry Trotz system. So that, I think, has something to do with it. As for Noah Dobson, yeah, I mean, defense was never his forte. But at the same time, I, I think... You know, he has uh, he has regressed a little bit in recent weeks in his own zone as far as not skating the puck out of uh, danger and then coughing it up when he tries to pass it out of danger. I am hoping the coaching staff can work with him on that and get it improved, but it is an issue. And regardless of whether or not the Islanders bring in another puck-moving defenseman or a defensive defenseman, whatever they do at the deadline, Dobson's 
uh, defense and his ability to clear the puck out of the zone, whether it's by passing or by skating, definitely needs to improve. And I'm hoping the coaching staff, whenever they get practice time with him, will work on him in that regard. Next email is from Connor in North Dakota. And uh, he says, my name is Connor. I'm from North Dakota. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Zach Parise's future with the Islanders. Currently, he is tied for the fourth oldest player in the league at age 38. Uh, is retirement likely after this season? Would the Islanders re-sign him? He does have a team-friendly contract and currently has the same number of goals as the likes of Johnny Goudreau with 15. Or do you think he walks into free agency at the end of the season? Connor, thank you for the email. As far as Zach Parise goes, I think the decision primarily will be up to Zach Parise. If he wants to come back, I think the odds are stronger that Lou Lamorello will bring him back again on a team-friendly contract than that he goes and hits the free agent market. I think he's happy here. I think the Islanders are happy to have him here. Why? Well, mostly, uh, the reason I think they're happy to have him here is Zach Parise, even though he is not the player that he was in his prime, I don't think anybody is going to say, oh yeah, you know, Zach Parise in 2023 is as good as the Zach Parise of 2013 or 2014. Those days are gone. But if you look at it, he's on pace for 18, 19, 20 goals for a guy who spent most of the season on the third line, maybe some time on the second. But the thing about Parise, he does all the little things right. He hustles at all times. He sets an example for the younger players. He gives you leadership, which is always important. And he is, you know, he'll back check. He does things the right way. And he is still pretty productive at this stage. And you know what? You give him some line mates if the Islanders upgrade their bottom six. I think Zach Parise can be even more productive, so let's see how that plays out. My answer is, I don't know if he's planning on retiring or not. If he doesn't retire, I really could see him returning to the Islanders again on another one-year team-friendly deal and providing them at least with solid play on the bottom six. So there's my take on that. This next one is from Ed in Belrose. Ed says, wow, what a smelly deal. I read that Arizona is paying part of Patrick Kane's salary. Seems to me like they're pulling a fast one. They really don't have room under the cap, they being the Rangers. Either you have a cap or you don't. Seems like BS to me. Maybe it can be a discussion one of these mornings. Thanks, Gil. Well, Ed, thank you for the question. Look, yeah, these... Third teams, and we've seen a number of three-way deals where uh, a third team uh, pays part of the salary cap and gets a draft pick in return. It's legal under the collective bargaining agreement. There are limits to it. You can only do it a few times in any given year, but it is legal. And while you can argue that it shouldn't be legal, it is. So the question is not whether or not 
it smells funny or it shouldn't be that way. But can Lula Morello get a team to take some of the cap hit? Like, let's say he goes out and acquires Max Domi, and I, I don't know that he will or even try to, but, you know, let's say he goes out and tries to do that. It is very possible that he may need to involve another team as part of a deal or get a third team, let's say, to take the salary of a Josh Bailey. So, yeah, it may not sound right, but it is legal under the CBA, and maybe, just maybe, the Islanders can use it to their benefit sometime before 3 o'clock Friday afternoon uh, Eastern time. So, thank you again for the question, and uh, we have got a lot more to talk about when we come back. Where does Pierre Engvall fit into the Islanders lineup? What is he going to bring to the table? We also have our Islanders birthday of the day, a player who had a a 30-goal season for the Islanders in the late 80s, all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. No matter how the last game went, Anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on. Offer is valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Pierre Engvall, uh, the newest member of the New York Islanders. Where, oh where, is he going to fit into the lineup? He is somebody who can play center left wing, right wing. Uh, He was a center earlier in his career, but has been more of a wing. And, you know, maybe initially you put him on a line with Kyle Palmieri and Brock Nelson, put him as the second line left wing, move Zach Parise down to the third line. J.G. Pajot is hopefully coming back soon. If you can do that, move Parise to the third line. Maybe Matt Martin goes back to his regular spot on the fourth line. You then could sit Ross Johnston, and that's one alternative. Another possibility, if Pajot isn't ready to go against the Red Wings on Saturday, perhaps you move Engvall to third line center temporarily. That moves Casey Sezikis back to fourth line center and Otto Koivula can either be in the press box or back in Bridgeport getting more uh, more playing time that way. Because, look, let's face it, right now, Ross Johnston 
was on the ice for, what, three or four minutes in each of his last two games. Not that he didn't have value as far as his physicality was concerned, but let's face it, you benefit in other ways by getting a player who can give you a lot more ice time than that. And with Otto Koivula out there, the Islanders are busy, you know, their bottom few players are playing six, seven, eight, nine minutes per game. If you get Engvall in there, all of a sudden, you can do better than that. You can you can have four lines that roll because you're not worried about putting Matt Martin and Casey Sezikis out there for nine, 10, 11 minutes a game, 12 minutes a game if necessary. Engvall can certainly give you quality time on uh, the ice that, you know, you're not getting on a game-in, game-out basis. Engvall has averaged a little over 13 minutes a game this year with the Maple Leafs. And remember, Toronto is a little deeper in the forward, okay, a lot deeper up front than the New York Islanders are. So overall, I think you benefit from either one of those situations, but uh, we'll see. You know, a lot of it depends on whether or not J.G. Pajot is ready to go on Saturday, and a, a, a lot of it may depend on some chemistry issues, but the Islanders are off until Saturday. They have, you know, they, they played Tuesday night, and then they're off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They're going to practice. Engvall will practice with the team. Hopefully, uh, Lane Lambert figures out where his best spot in the lineup is going to be. And certainly, as soon as we know something, we'll talk about it, let you know, and examine it, uh, how he does when he makes his Islanders debut on Saturday. Time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and, uh, well, February 28th, uh, so basically Tuesday, was the 58th birthday of former Islanders winger Miko Makala, the native of Finland, fourth-round pick of the Isles in 83, came to North America in 85-86, and played with the Islanders in 58 games that year, 16 goals, 36 points, His best season, clearly, 1987-88, where in 73 games, he had 36 goals and 76 points. He never quite matched that magic. Later played for the LA Kings, Buffalo Sabres, and briefly the Boston Bruins. Finished his career uh, in Finland, in Germany, and in uh, Sweden at different times, but... In the NHL, 423 career games, 118 goals, 265 points, and 139 penalty minutes. With the Islanders, he played in 17 playoff games, adding three goals, eight assists, and 14 penalty minutes. His best game as an Islander, easily December 4th, 1987, at the old Cap Center in Landover, Maryland. That's when Miko Makala had his only career hat trick, three goals in that game against Clint Malerchuk, who was the goalie for the Capitals, and the Islanders won it by a score of 6-4. to four. This is an exciting time. I'm looking forward to the trade deadline. We are going to go live Friday at 8 o'clock Eastern time, where we will have a, a live stream, and I'll 
give you the link and give you all the information. So it'll be a post-deadline live stream, and you can join us and ask questions, make comments, and looking forward to doing that. It's something I've been wanting to do for quite some time. We'll be back tomorrow with the latest news as we prepare for the trade deadline. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.